This is Heavy Hog Football. On today's show, we talk about the game between the Washington Redskins and the Carolina Panthers. How John's lobbying for Art Monk to make the Hall of Fame has paid off. And Mr. Mr. chimes in with his plan of how the Redskins will go to the Super Bowl this season. All this and much more live with Aaron, Josh, and John. Yo, 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 what's up, y'all? What's up, what's up? Yo, 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 what's up, what's up? Um. Hail Victory. Hail Victory. I knew they were going to win, man. There's a couple reasons why the Redskins won that game. First and foremost, they ran the ball. Liddell bets 24 rushes, 104 yards. P.J. Duckett, 7 rushes, 24 yards. Mike Sellers, a huge one rush for 13 yards. <laughs> Don likes him in his jersey when he stood up and he was, he was like, yeah, I'm bad. And he looked up and you could tell he saw someone in the stands that either had he either had a seller's jersey or a sign or something because he started smiling and he pointed at him and was like, yeah. Maybe, maybe it was his like mom or something. Oh, it was just like, thank you. Give him the damn ball. <laughs> now, how many total yards, so how many total yards do we have on the ground? What did the Redskins run? 140 uh, something. The total was, well, it was, yeah, it was like 140. So, so Portis isn't in there, but we're getting it was like her done. 146. We're getting yeah. her done on the ground. That's the thing. Well, the reason no, they're getting game. dude, the reason they're getting it done on the ga- ground is because they actually tried. It's when they don't try that they don't. Yeah, they give the, it up early and they go for all that gadgety stuff. I think Gibbs kind of stepped it up and was like, "All right, dude." I think Gibbs took over some yeah, of the play calling. This, this fancy schmancy Al Saunders crap. Well, run the yeah. ball. Well, like Gibbs has said uh, in the past day or two that basically. He's sticking around until he gets the team turned around, no matter what. Did you guys yeah, read that? That's surprising at all. Yeah, I don't think that's surprising either because he doesn't give up on stuff. Right. And I mean, players were stepping up. Rocky McIntosh blocked a kick or a punt mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Kenny Rowan had two huge third down pass defenders or pass defenses. Yeah, I know. And, th- and that's Kenny Rowan did. He had two of them. Kenny Rowan, dude, and they had like. They had like three, four, or five times where like the Panthers had third and like six or seven, and they tried to throw it underneath, and the Redskins just didn't miss a tackle and like stopped them. Exactly. Which was not happening right earlier in the year. Didn't miss a, ta- miss a tackle. But another key reason why they won this game: the Red Pants were back. The Red Pants. Mm-hmm. Time to bring the whites 
have gotten a little watered down. They need to bring back the reds. They're back, man. It's like it's not quite the yellow side. Still, yeah. yeah. Still, it's better than the whites. The whites have a winning record. Mm. <laughs> Good stuff. Apparently, some players are going up to Gibbs and saying, "Dude, we need to change the uniform. This white on white ain't doing it." Can we wear the red? And it was like Friday, according to uh, reports. It was about Friday, and he was like, "Well, I don't know what we can do about it." And apparently, they couldn't change the tops; they could only change the bottoms. So they went with a uh, burgundy. Because they still had them back in their smelly old locker. I think, dude, I think it's because cause Carolina was wearing their black, right? Were they wearing black? It doesn't matter, I the home so, team. You have to have the offset colors. So you have to have a dark versus a light. Oh, oh, but if they would have told Carolina earlier in the week, they could have been like, told them what right. they needed to wear. Yeah, Carolina, you got to wear your whites. Apparently, because, you know, as you guys know, the home field wearing the white jerseys just doesn't even exist anymore. The home field pretty much decides you could wear pink with purple polka dots. If you want to. But you can't wear the Ronald McDonald socks. It's a retro throwback modernistic thing. You can't wear the Ronald McDonald socks unless you want to get fined like $5,000. Yeah. And and that's a good segue, dude. Speaking of Ronald McDonald socks and the defense, how about freaking Sean Taylor? Sean Taylor got a player of the week. I know. I mean, good Lord. Tearing it up out there. Tearing it up. And that huge interception. And just as big as that interception was that tackle on, on fourth down. I know, it was like fourth and six, and he stopped. Uh, that was massive. I mean, that was awesome. Dude, he stopped that guy cold. He just, like, picked him up and slammed him down. Yeah, he did. He just he put him in the ground like like a wrestler, like all 80s, like Jimmy the Superfly Snooker. Mm-hmm. Superfly, Superfly Snooker. Um, I mean, even Adi Jumo had a huge tackle. On the uh, on the punt in the last two minutes, he pulled the guy down. I mean, everyone was stepping up. They called out Warwick Holdman for a good tackle. They called out everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was an outstanding game. They played uh-huh. they played the whole game long, and the defense for once looked like the defense of old. And I read some stuff about how last week, um, I think there was an article in ESPN.com or something. Saying that, or ESPN the magazine, saying that one of the Redskins defenders was like talking trash about, um, Greg Williams. Basically the same stuff we were saying. Yeah. It's basically everything we were saying about him on the last podcast, how he thinks he's all awesome and how he can plug anyone in and stuff. But anyway, it leaked out that one of the players was talking about that, but they didn't say who it was and no one admitted who it was. Right. And, um, well, anyway, they were, like, interested to see how the team would respond to that. Right. And uh, they were basically like, whoever said that is going to be taking that with them to the grave because you don't do that crap. Yeah. But it may have served the purpose of getting people to uh, come together and play much better as a team. I mean, people are playing their lanes. Who the hell was Vernon Fox? He didn't let a defender get behind him all day long. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, speaking of, while, while, talking Vernon about Fox, Vernon Fox, they were, I was listening. He, he had an interception right in the, the beginning. Uh, yeah, he had the interception. I was like listening to the radio, and they were like, Vernon Fox. I was like, Vernon Fox. I know, that reminds me of last week when John was like, John was like, we'll see how Vernon Fox does, whoever that is. <laughs> all I know, dude, is like, when the game was over, this is the only sound you heard. What was that? 
It was like a little cute meow from a kitten. What's that? <laughs> it's the kitty, kitty, kitty. <laughs> Poor kitty cat. Poor Falling kitty. behind the New Orleans Saints. And the Atlanta Falcons. Speaking of which, the Falcons coming to town this weekend. Speaking um, with the Michael Fix. After Michael Fix's hometown, uh, you guys are number one, twofold. <laughs> uh, salute on the way off the uh, off the field, off the turf at the Georgia Dome on yeah. Sunday. What do you guys think is going to happen in this game this weekend? Uh, we got you know, we got the Falcons coming in town. A player is going to face a maximum five thousand dollar fine from the league, which is the maximum for obscene gestures. I suppose I think it's coming out tomorrow. Um, Who's going to get that? Michael Vick is for uh, your number one left hand, your number one right hand. And uh, <laughs> I love you is what he mouthed, I'm sure. I'm not a good lip reader. I'm thinking it might have been I love you is what he said to the hometown fans. <laughs> I love you. That were booing him, all 73 that were left in the Georgia Dome. Um, do you guys think we're going to see Matt Schaub this weekend, the back of quarterback? I don't know, dude. I don't know. What is it with the What is it with the Vick brothers? You know? Yeah. Well, they went to Tech. Oh, that's <laughs> true. They, they, they were hokey. Yeah, all of our all of our tech alumni and fan listeners just went. Whoa! I know, <laughs> but, uh, dude. Dude, seriously. Come on, Sean went to UVA. The guy, the guy's big and tall. He can throw the ball. He's a leader. I'm telling you, Sean, if he's not the starting quarterback for the Falcons this year or this weekend, he will be next year, or he will be somewhere. Well, you know what I think? I think that we need to hand the ball to TJ Duckett a lot and let him run it right up their defense this week. I think that's a good point, and to Liddell Betts. But, you know, I'm going to talk about Betts and a couple other players because the Redskins were very fortunate during the first quarter because they had a drive with not one, not two, but I do believe there were three fumbles on that drive. Uh-huh. All recovered by the Redskins. One. <clears throat> no, I think that Cooley uh, one was ruled, he was ruled down, though. I'm not sure. But anyway, the I'm ball sure. came out three and then times. There was the fumble on uh, Antoine Randall fumbling that punt out of bounds. It was like four in the span of three or four minutes. Oh yeah, you're right about that. It was like it was like buttered popcorn, as Josh would say. Buttered really popcorn. But dude, bet, but Betts, Betts had like 104 yards this week, didn't he? He was like tearing it up. Yards. Yeah, yeah. And the reason he was able to tear it up is because they were like running so good early that. When it got later on, and they started doing all this play action, and then getting those passes, and then like the defense didn't know what was going to come next. Yeah, exactly. You mean Redskins football? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that you know, Carolina's got a top three, if not a top number one defensive front front four with Rucker and Peppers. Speaking of, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jansen for. Um, you know, totally keeping Peppers at bay. Yeah, one sack on the whole game, and I don't even remember who it was. I don't that sack, but I think it was a was a linebacker. I don't think it was Peppers though. I think he pretty much shut him down. Yeah, Peppers got flagged, and this this was you know this was actually weak. Peppers getting that personal foul for hitting the quarterback. They said it was helmet to helmet, and it so wasn't. Oh yeah, but it was. Yeah, it, it, it was really a, was not. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, not. it helped the Redskins, but that was that was a really bad call. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, but it just, and Peppers had one, I think, deflected pass. Pepper, I mean, Peppers is Peppers is a beast. No one can deny that. Nobody. And, and he's yeah. a bad man. 
I know who can uh, deny it. He, he's like the the uh, last good thing to come out of uh, UNC football. Yeah, and basketball. I remember him on the basketball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, John Jansen denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. John Jansen took care of him. He only had one uh, one pass to defend it. He had one tip, a couple tackles. Dude, John J- Jansen caged the beast. Wow. <laughs> Carolina Panthers football. <laughs> Carolina Panthers football. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, I also wanted to point out, um, back to that um, game-winning touchdown pass to uh, Chris Cooley, I was reading something online about how um, his uh, Jason Campbell's headset went out before he heard the play. Yeah, and he just went through, he kind of cycled through, he was like, well, the first half could have been this, 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 or this. And he just kind of made a decision, he was well, it was probably this. Yeah, he, huh. and he threw the pass, hit him directly in stride, and he was gone. He shed Mike Mentor like 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 a like a snake in the spring shedding. Its... And it was his second look too, man. He didn't have to go down to his fifth look, kind of like Mark Brunel going off to come back. Throw it out of bounds. Yeah, it was his second look. Yeah. Another one that touchdown pass to Randall L. Randall L. was his third look. Archuleta was so horrible, he got benched. He got benched, they said, after he missed that that block on the punt. Yeah, when Carolina blocked that punt and then was able to come come away with three at the end of the first half. His whole job was to be back there and make the block, and he missed it. Dude, why does he suck so bad? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> Do not know. I thought he was going to be good, and he comes here, and he, like, it's not that he just like kind of sucks. He's like horrible to the fact yeah, where we're like absolutely horrible, dude. To the point where we're like pulling, average. we're pulling for Vernon Fox to be in there in his place. Who the hell was Vernon Fox? I don't know, but Vernon Fox gets <laughs> paid. I think Vernon Fox. I think Vernon Fox gets paid like minimum wage or something, and we're like pulling for him to be in there. I know because the yeah. first thing was, I mean, he'd already been like demoted to backup or whatever with Troy Vincent coming in. And then now he's like sitting on the bench full time, and it's like, go Vernon Fox, <laughs> go turn Vernon Fox, keep Where's everyone in front of you. There's a concept. I know. <laughs> Jeez, man, Vernon Fox for president. Man, because of those, uh, those those cut tight folk like Archuleta, who should have been cut last week anyway. Um, the Redskins signed a kicker to the practice squad. Uh, Josh brought that to light today. Yeah. Um, Sean Swisham, who has got... Swisham. Swisham. 
he, he, he's he's played for Dallas before. I already don't like him. Dude, he's a, all I know is this. Practice squad. Is there's a lot of talk on the site today about Vanderjet being cut from the Cowboys and how the Redskins should pick him up? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm thinking no. Because um, Vanderjack's a, a jerk. Um, if anyone saw what he did. Hey, football, we, we don't like to cuss very much, but we do. We do try to come up with alternative terms, and uh, Mike Vanderjack, we would call him a codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> he is a codpiece, man. He like he's a total codpiece. Did you? I mean, even after that Redskins awesome victory, um, that he screwed up. First of all, um, well, I guess he said he was like, I could tell when it left my foot, it was going in. People just need to do their job. Yeah, it's just like you're awesome, man. But. You know, he had a history of that when he was in Indy. He would call out Pink Manning in the press. Right. Like, dude. Now, I know you're an important part of the game and, and and et cetera, et cetera, but, dude, you're the field goal kicker. You don't call out your quarterback, man. Exactly. I'm surprised that um, Dallas cut him because they seem to like that type of player that always yeah. says the wrong thing. <laughs> Speaking of... Um, dude, maybe they'll get Michael Vick in the offseason. Maybe they can trade Michael Vick. The Falcons can trade him to Dallas. Well, speaking of the Cowboys saying the wrong thing, what's this thing I hear about Michael Irvin? Always getting fired, or he may get fired from ESPN? i got to tell you guys, sometimes I get to hear a little bit of uh, the Dan Patrick show on ESPN radio during the day. And I heard yesterday he was talking about, and I didn't hear when he came on, but he was bringing Michael Irvin on to apologize for a comment he made last week. Um, Apparently they were talking about Tony Romo on the radio show. Michael Irvin was on there, and uh, basically, joking around, Michael Irvin said that, well, Romo, you know, he's been scrambling around, and he, he ran a lot, uh, basically talking about how he runs a lot more than Drew Bledsoe, but, you know, so does almost anything living, and he said, uh, well, Romo must have some African-American blood in him, and I think there was a quote, pretty much a direct quote that way, and, you know... Some people, some people wrote in some really negative or uh, down emails about that, saying, you know, if he was a white announcer, they would, he would have been fired for saying a comment just as that. And maybe so, maybe, maybe or not. But I hate to jump to anyone's defense, but I think Michael Irvin was just kind of talking like he's hanging out with boys, hanging out with the boys, like with a bunch of people who don't have stereotypes or prejudices, so... People, you know, when you have when you talk to people like that, it's just like you can say anything and everyone knows you're joking. And I think he kind of forgot where he was because even though if that's something you might be able to say with your friends or with your teammates in a locker room, that's definitely not something you can say in the public media, even if it's just on the radio because, you know, it's nowhere near as big as TV. But, man, I think he he slipped up pretty bad there. I also think he's an idiot. Someone on the site was no, saying... something you can debate about. We might put a link up on the website about that because, you know, that's something you can debate about. The whole race thing is always very touchy anyway. But it sounded to me like he was just joking. It sounded to me like he wasn't saying anything to harm anyone and he was talking like he was hanging out with the boys. Right, but, what, he he, but, what, where he was. but what he's got to remember is where he is, that he's not in the public... I mean, he's not in the locker room. He's in the public uh, arena. You know, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of people that that were listening to him, and, and that, uh-huh. can be, that can be taken one way or another. And 
you know, for like like you said, for a long time, like nobody even touched it as far as saying anything bad about it. And then suddenly in the past couple of days, it's been like all this stuff breaking out online about. Ooh. Yeah, because this came out. This was last week. Right. This happened. Well, anyway, someone online was saying that he shouldn't be fired because of that, but he should just be fired because he's not a good analyst. Yeah, I think that's the Harry Hogg view on that. You know, he just sucks in general. He should have been fired a long time ago. We wouldn't have had to hear him say this in the first place and, and debate about it. Yeah. So moving on, speaking of uh, Michael Irvin and people who are nominated for Hall of Fame, um, there was a huge turn of events today in Redskins land. Um, as I was talking to Aaron a couple of hours ago, on the phone, I went online to Redskins.com so we could see what's going on with the uh, possible kicker. What's going on in the land? And uh, turns out, person that we've bashed a number of times here on Harry Hog Football, Mr. Peter King of Sports Illustrated SI.com, and one of the, if I've read it correctly, 39 people who vote for the Football Hall of Fame. Only 39. Only 39. And how did he get to be one? What did he do so great that he get to be one of them? I don't know. I don't know. But he wrote a two-page article, a very good article, and they linked to it on Redskins.com where he uh, apparently he met with Joe Gibbs last week and had dinner with him, and he suddenly has changed his tune from being a Art Monk basher and thinking he should never be in the Hall of Fame to saying he's going to vote for him this year, and he's pushing for other people to vote for him as well because he thinks he deserves to be in. Now, I don't know what I think about that, dude. We've been telling him for years, and he finally listens to Harry Hog football and goes to uh, dinner with Joe Gibbs and changes his mind. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that? Uh, he pretty much says in the article everything that we've said, that he was a great leader, that he was always like super uh, uh, consistent with the team. Um, someone in, in the article that Peter King wrote for himself, about it. Um, well, number one, he he uh, mentions Michael Irvin and says he's voting for him too because of the Super Bowls, but whatever. And he also talks about Monk and talking about how he was the all-time reception leader. He was a huge leader on the team. Um, and he was kind of like the Carl Yastrzemski of football, where he had a couple of really awesome years, and every other year was really, really, really good. You know what I'm saying? He was just missed. He was like a Cal Ripken, like super consistent. And a couple years, he was like a superstar, consistent, like even higher than that. But he was always really good. And mm-hmm. and there's absolutely no reason that he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame at this point. Dude, we've already been saying that. He must oh, have yeah, just listened to our show and then finally came around because he's not telling Redskins fans anything they don't already know. Anyway, I'm glad he did come around because, you know, I still have to trash him, but at least he's finally wising up. Yeah, there's one point in the article where he says, uh, when the Hall of Fame, the, the Hall of Fame committee apparently meets once every year or so, and he said one year they had a 46 minute debate, and I think it was four or five years ago, over whether Art Monk should be in the Hall of Fame. He said it is, it is the longest debate that he remembers in the 15 years he spent on the committee. What is there to debate? He was probably exactly. the one saying no when everyone else exactly. was like, yeah, dude, he should be in. And he's like, no, he shouldn't because, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh, uh, uh. But I think it's really strange because people apparently are very, 
sides of the issue. But yeah, anyway, dudes, go to harryhogfootball.com and check out. We've got a link to the redskins.com article on that and also a link to the si.com, which is a huge article about him and Irvin and Andre Reed and a few other people, which is a very good article. It's very insightful into the, uh, the way things go as far as choosing people for Canton every year. I thought it was very good. Right. Right. In any event, um, did you guys know that the Redskins are going to go to the Super Bowl this year? Well, according to Mr. Mister. <laughs> Let me read Mr. Mister's art, um, little article here. I found it very interesting that he took the time to go through and figure all this stuff out because it would give me a headache doing it. <laughs> but this is what he says. And for doing that, he wins absolutely nothing. <laughs> but he, he does get his email read. Right. I mean, he did take a break. Great research. Yeah, he did take a bunch of time on there. I mean, uh, if you go in the same, it's in the same thread on our on the uh, on the front page under T is for Tuesday, K is for kicker tryouts. Somehow we got off on this tangent about. I think I mentioned something about the pressure is off because the play, playoff hopes are gone. Next thing you knew, it's like who said the playoffs are gone? Yeah, here's what he said, dude. I'm gonna read it right here. Since we finally got a win this week, this is from Mister Mister, of course. And we are ready to go on another five-game winning streak. I figure you all might want to discuss the playoff picture and how we will be able to make the playoffs as the second wild card. It might seem like a long shot, but I was looking at the different scenarios today, and it really isn't all that crazy if you accept the one condition. We have to win the rest of the games we play. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, throw everything else out the door right now. we got to win every last game that we play. Yeah, he's exactly right. Yeah. He's exactly right. But it really isn't that crazy if you listen to this, all right? Basically, we are two games out of the wild card with the Giants and Panthers leading both at 6-5. and five. The other teams ahead of us are Philadelphia, Minnesota, Atlanta, San Francisco, and St. Louis. We can eliminate St. Louis and Atlanta right off the top since we will beat them and have the tiebreaker advantage even if they win out. Then we can eliminate San Francisco and Minnesota because they are San Francisco and Minnesota and bound to at least lose two of the next five to go eight and eight at best. Just look at who they have to play. And I don't have the, their schedules in front of me, so I'm not sure who they have to play. But anyway. St. Louis? Uh, no, it's San Francisco and Minnesota. And, uh, San Francisco has got to play New Orleans and then Green Bay. And then they're at Seattle, and then they play Arizona, and then they're at Denver. Yeah, yeah, they're going to lose at least. Yeah, okay. Minnesota is way overrated and never should have won that game. Well, dude, their next game, they're at Chicago. Okay. So it is. Oh, Chicago's going to win there. Then they're at Detroit, then they've got the Jets, Green Bay, and St. Louis at home. Okay, so they have a chance there, though. Yeah, but they have a chance, but they suck. Okay, okay. So that leaves us. Atlanta don't. That will leave us after those games at nine and seven. Philadelphia, the and the Giants and the Panthers for the two wild card spots. Carolina and Philadelphia happen to be playing next weekend, so either Philly is coming out at five and seven with a game to play against us and therefore eliminated, or Carolina is coming out six and six. Now, after the Giants lose this weekend to a better Dallas team, they will be 6-6 six and six, and going into a game against Carolina. 
Again, one of those two teams is coming out a loser, either Carolina at 6-7, and seven, who we will have a tiebreaker against, or the Giants, who we will finish the season against. So one of these teams is in, but the other two are out. So basically, and he sums it all up right here, as I see it, we are locked to win the Super Bowl. Hail to the Redskins. It could be huge. It could be huge. It could be. Uh, I, think, I think I'm making the New Year's trip for that one. Well, you better tell me because I got the tickets on StubHub right now. I told, <laughs> I told you not to, dude. I told you not if to. You want Josh's tickets for Billy Hog football? <laughs> if you guys want to go with Josh and sit with Josh <laughs> for the you Giants go game, to the game with football. just let us know, <laughs> dude. Let us know quick. <laughs> so anyway. But uh, yeah, Mr. Mister makes a really good point. Mr. Mister is one of our uh, one of our uh, classic original listeners, listeners very early on in the uh, Hog football realm. Um, yeah, he makes a really good point. It's not over. Surprisingly oh. enough as it is, and unfortunately Dallas is leading the division. Well, I guess at seven and four, and I think they're going to win the division, to be honest, and make the playoffs. I guess I spoke and, too uh, soon because I mean it's it's easy to say, man, there goes the playoffs. But, well, I mean, dude, I was saying the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, when, when you do break it, give it up. Yeah, when you break it down like that, I mean, you really can look at it and go, well, there's a shot. Huh? Yeah. All right. I guess it's time to uh, this, this podcast is moving on. Let's move on to the uh, the games and the kicks. Go for it, dude. Who's your game ball going to? All right, Josh, do you have one up? Uh, I'll let you go first because you were complaining at me. Well, well Sean, Sean, Taylor, Sean Taylor is is a is an obvious easy choice, um, but I'm going to give a game ball to somebody we may never give a game ball to again, or we might. Vernon Fox. <laughs> hey, with that pick early on, he picked the he picked the, the, he picked the, the first pass behind him. He picked the first pass. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver get behind him. Uh, no. As Aaron and Josh's mom would say, No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. So I'm going to give a game ball to Vernon. Sean Taylor, I mean, you know we're going to give him game balls in the future. So I'm going to use this opportunity. Well, I'm going to give my game ball to Sean Springs because right. he held Steve Smith, who is quite possibly one of the most prolific playmakers in the NFL, or at least receivers. He held him to like three catches for like thirty some yards or something like that. That one touchdown, but he was in, he was there on them for that. And John still says the tip of the ball hit the ground. Yards and I, yeah. John still says the tip of that ball hit right. the ground. But anyway, that's who I'm giving mine to. Um, who are you giving yours to, John? This thing's getting okay. long here. Wait, 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 John. My game ball. My game ball. I gotta, I gotta give my game ball to a couple of couple of folks out there. Um, believe it or not, even though he had a bad play early in the game, Carlos Rogers. Defended some passes. Yes, he did. And yes, he, he did. He was all over one of the most underrated receivers, Keyshawn Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, Keyshawn Johnson is really good, and as a second receiver, he is outstanding. And he held him to 38 yards on six catches, no touchdowns, no fumbles. He had one great catch, a little, little toe tap on the sideline. That was basically it. Carlos yep. Rogers defended three passes on him 
very, very well. Yes. Um, I'm giving a shout as well to uh, a very unheralded and probably never mentioned again guy unless they actually throw to him. But we're declaring number 62 eligible. Number 62 is eligible on this play. <laughs> Mike Pacillo. Mike Pacillo. Number 62 was declared eligible on every... Go ahead and say it, Josh. Your favorite kind of play. Heavy jumbo. Every heavy jumbo. Heavy jumbo. Every time. Heavy jumbo. With Sellers and Duckett, Pacillo lined up as an eligible tight end. <laughs> and as the season goes on, if the Redskins keep winning, he's going to catch a pass before the end of the year. It's going to be Maybe. one of those. It's going to be one of those. They're never going to throw it to that guy. He's a BFF. It's going to be like watching Jumbo Elliott fumble that ball around in front of him, like in the air, like a big old like uh, <laughs> a bratwurst. He's like, yeah. and then he pulls it in. He's like, ah. Oh, or it could be that he drops it because he's yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. But not for the Redskins. I think Pachillo. He did have a penalty in the game. I think it was a, a false start or something, but. They're using him. They started this last week or two weeks ago, and they're used him. They used him four or five times, and they declared him eligible. I think he's going to be a sneaky, sneaky play later on. Another um, thing, if we don't go to the playoffs this year, next year, look for number sixty-two. Dude, another thing though, on the penalty front, you're speaking about penalties. I don't think there was a penalty for like the first quarter and a half. In the first half, there were. Three penalties on the Redskins and two were against Sean Taylor. Yeah, at first I was like, Sean Taylor, man, what are you doing today? You know, but but he stepped up. You have to let him go. You gotta let you him go. Just be like, who let the dogs out? Exactly. All right, dudes. How about your That's kicks? How he works? How about your kicks? Kicks, gosh. Kicks, kicks, kicks. Um, man, well, the obvious. Let's see, Adam Archuleta. Uh, oh man, don't get me started. He's beyond kick at this point. <laughs> what is he, John? What is he? Dude. <laughs> 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 I would love to be in the dream seats in the front row, the extra front row that they've added there. Just be like, number 40! <laughs> we need. Uh, we need next game we go to. We need to, to bring a big old pair of scissors if he's still on the team. And a number forty. <laughs> <laughs> the lock. Yeah. Um. <sighs> so who's your? Is that your kick too, man? No, my kick is actually uh, my kick is going to the Fox Network, not <laughs> Vernon Fox, but to the Fox Network because there was something like seventeen seconds left in the game here and uh. Hampton Roads, Tidewater, the Seven Cities, Virginia, um, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, Hampton, all those guys. Um, and Fox cut to the Green Bay game before the Redskins game was over. Dude, they didn't run a play no. with 17 seconds left. You're kidding me. They downed the ball for no, like the whole last minute. They did down the ball, but they, they left before the game was even over, so you didn't even get to see the coaches be like, good game. Oh. Dude, I got... This is the Redskins market, so my kick goes to Fox. Man. All right, dude. And who cares about Green Bay? Very upset about that. Anyway. Um. Well, my kick is going to uh, Adam Archuleta. <laughs> he uh, sucked. He was already, like the worst. Sorry, dude. Dude, dude. Yeah, I, I'll give a second kick to him because I think all three of us need to just swing into that one. Yeah. I mean. I'm going to give him a kick. drop kick with two he feet at the same the time. He's just the money flying out of uh, Dan Snyder's pockets there. 
watching him sit down. money off there. being able to not sign a sign a defensive end for next year. <clears throat> Man. Anyway, uh, all right. right. Oh, dude, dude. Oh. Yeah. Do you hear that music? I do. Oh, yeah. I do indeed. I do indeed. You know what that means? It's time for Tom's trivia. Last week, the question was, you guys remember it? No, it was a safeties question. Yeah, when was the last safety the red before the Dallas game on, um, when was that? Oh, November 5th, that the uh, Redskins got a safety. Who did they play? Who was the player that got tackled in the end zone? And who made the tackle? Um, uh, you're never going to believe who got it right this week. Danny. That's right. Danny. The answer was in the, the answer was in the 2003 season. It was Week Two at Atlanta. It was the Falcons' quarterback, Doug Johnson, <laughs> from the from the famous or the the infamous Johnson and Johnson duo. In <laughs> and he was sacked by none other than former Giant Jesse Armstead. Really? Really? Mm hmm. According to Tom, I didn't, uh, you know, look that up. So. Yeah, we, we trust Tom's trivia. We trust Tom. Yeah. Completely. So, Danny, thanks for writing in. You wore, you won a whole, um, cornucopia of nothing in honor of the Thanksgiving. Cornucopia full of nada. Danny, let's see if we, you can make it two in a week, because here's the question for this week. And this, um, this question Tom sent in in honor of Jason Campbell. Okay. In, in honor of Jason Campbell starting this week, I want people to try and name each and every black player to have played quarterback for the Redskins. And I'll give you guys a hint. There were one, two, three, four, five black quarterbacks that have played for the Redskins before Jason Campbell. And uh, go ahead and send your answer to Tom's Trivia. Send it in to RedskinsFan at HarryHogFootball.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y HogFootball.com. All right. And you will win this week. Um, wait, wait. I think this week it's, uh, it's too, like, what was it? A cooler. A cooler full of nothing. Nothing. And you don't even win the cooler. Yeah. <laughs> One of the African American quarterbacks is Doug Williams. Dude. <laughs> Man, you, now you only have to come up with four other ones, dudes. Okay. There are four other ones. Uh, anyway. That's a really good question. Okay. All thanks, right. Tom. As usual, Tom, thanks for uh, sending in the question of the week on Tom's <laughs> Trivia.
And I walked over to her and I was like, hey, hell to the Redskins. So we started talking. She said, I'm right here from Corbin, Kentucky. So I was like, all yeah, right, we got a Redskins fan of Corbin. And that brings me to that brings me to the map. The map is online if you haven't checked it out. Um, we're putting people up as they send us their stuff. Uh, there's there's a few people uh, that have sent some stuff in. We haven't had time to put them on there. We'll get you guys on. But it, if you're if you're hailing from somewhere, send us your location, your name, a little blurb about yourself, whatever you want. Go check out the map on the uh, Harry Hog website. It's uh, down there on the left. It says Harry Hog Nation. Click on it, and uh, it'll show you where uh, where all the Redskins fans are hailing from. We're starting to get some people from out west too, so it's kind of cool. Oh yeah, we got a couple people from California, man. Anyway, um, yeah, if you guys do need these tickets to uh, um, the Eagles game, and if you want to go with Josh to the uh, Giants game, um. Send us an email because we'd much rather sell it to you guys than on eBay. So, um, yeah, let us know if you need some tickets. Yeah, man. And um, <clears throat> I guess that's about it, dudes. Um, the Redskins will beat the uh, Falcons this Falcon. weekend. As the Falcons are in a downward spiral and the Redskins are just kind of whirling around down there, starting to come back up maybe. And uh, and um, Jason Campbell, Jason Campbell had another strong outing, and he uh, he can only get better, as far as I see it. Yeah, he threw his first pick. He only had a hundred some yards, but I mean, two touchdowns, ran for a first down, and got fired up on that. Yep. Oh, I wanted to point something out. I think his quarterback rating was like ninety-two or something. Another key point in that game, dude, is after Jason Campbell's. Interception. The defense just came out and housed them on a three and out, which was a huge, huge moment in the game. The right defense there. was like watching last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really was. was. So anyway, dudes, um, I wanted to point that out. We need to get this thing uploaded here. So um, yeah. send us an email, RedskinsFanHarryHogFootball.com. And as always, if you see a Cowboys fan, 